0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley. This is ABC News Daily. Last year, China tested a hypersonic missile, circumnavigated the globe before hitting its target. It surprised the world and it was a sign of just how advanced its military has become. Today, aerospace engineer and former NASA employee Ian Boyd on the hypersonic arms race Beijing is winning.
1: My name is Ian Boyd. I'm a professor of aerospace engineering at the University of uh, Colorado in Boulder.
0: Ian, we're living in a a time of heightened military tension with the war in Ukraine. And now, of course, these these increased tensions between Taiwan and China and the United States. And really, unfortunately, the weapons they have really matter.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. So I want to talk to you about hypersonic missiles and what they can do, who's got them and how nations can defend themselves against them. So first, let's get a sense of what these hypersonic missiles are.
1: Yeah. So the term hypersonic means um, that they're flying very fast. And so, um, you know, aircraft that we fly in are flying at about, oh, I don't know, 700 miles per hour and hypersonic missiles are flying at least uh, five times faster than that, Mm. and maybe even 10, 20 times faster than that. So these are incredibly fast uh, vehicles, incredibly fast missiles. Maybe uh, you've heard of intercontinental ballistic missiles that the US and the old Soviet Union have had for many years. Those those are hypersonic vehicles that get launched into space and then come back down again at very high speed.
0: They've done it.
1: The US Army Ordnance Corps' Bumper 5 has set a new world altitude mark of 250 miles and a speed record of over 5,000 miles per hour here on this 24th day of February 1949, this is Paul Lincoln Smith at Sands. These new hypersonic weapons, they don't go out into space, they fly in the atmosphere, they fly high in the atmosphere, but they fly in a different portion of, of, of airspace, and they fly in an area where we're not used to looking, nobody is, not the US, not the Allies in the West and Australia. Uh, or China or Russia, so they're they're completely new to everybody, mm. and and that's part of the challenge that they present.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is there's now a new generation of of this sort of missile, and mm-hmm. they're pretty significant.
1: Well, they are. They're they're significant because um, they're difficult to defend against mm-hmm. these new systems they they are what we call maneuverable so basically they you know they get launched up into the atmosphere and then they glide to wherever they're going but as they glide they don't just go in a straight path they can go from side to side they can go up and down and so this makes it much more difficult to predict where they're going to go and so uh, basically if somebody fires you know hypersonic weapons At the West today, we wouldn't know until it's too late that these uh, weapons were on top of us. Mm. So it's, yeah, they're, they're a real challenge.
0: So they're incredibly sophisticated. I want to get a sense of the capability nations have now. Let's have a look at Russia first, given the war in Ukraine. And because not long ago, on so-called Navy Day in Russia, there was a speech given by Vladimir Putin, and in that speech he made a threat. Putin,
1: We will defend our interests in those territories with any means. The hypersonic zircon system has no match... And the world there are no barriers to this uh, type of armament comrades it will be commissioned uh, it will be sent to the Russian naval forces very soon and the Admiral Garshkov will be the first to get those systems yes um, you know Russia and and uh, Vladimir Putin have been quite vocal about um, hypersonic weapons as well as other you know, relatively new and modern weapon technologies. I think that's a little bit of you know saber rattling. I think in in terms of hypersonic weapons in particular, you know, there's reports that some hypersonic missiles have been fired in Europe, the Ukraine engagement.
0: Vladimir Putin has already deployed next-generation hypersonic missiles in this war. The U.S. is warning biological and chemical weapons could be next.
1: And uh, it it seems like, again, those are relatively unsophisticated hypersonic weapons. They're a missile with a rocket on the back that made them go very uh, fast. They're still relying on on where they were at the end of the Cold War. In terms of if there's concern internationally, I would be much more concerned about China. Hmm. I think that China really has invested a lot in, in hypersonics and other technologies, maybe over 15 years or so. They've really made advances that, that can be seen. China is, you know, the, the, the international force to really be reckoned with right now in terms of hypersonics.
0: I read a report that in one test, China managed to get one of these to circumnavigate the world and then still hit its Can you comment on reports that China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile over the summer, to the surprise of U.S. officials? Are they accurate, and do they raise concerns about China's nuclear capabilities? I'm not going to comment on the specific report. I can say, generally speaking, we've made clear our concerns about the military capabilities that the PRC continues to pursue. Uh, and
1: yeah, it, it's, you know, when that incident occurred, there was a lot of chatter, of course, uh, in the press around the world. Given all the chatter, I think that the, there was a test of that nature conducted. If they were really able to, to hit a target after doing that with, with some accuracy, that's, that is quite impressive. Mm. And I certainly think an incident like that has, has obviously gotten a lot of people's attention. And maybe that was the purpose. Again, maybe it's a little bit of posturing from China. We know that China has, you know, hypersonic uh, weapons in its arsenal that, you know, if you're a, a general in the People's Liberation Army, you know, you have the, the capability to, to dial up a, a hypersonic weapon if, if you need it. Um, so the U.S. and none of the Western allies have that capability today, although there's a lot of efforts underway to, to get to that point. You know, China and I think the Taiwan um, situation, part of their strategy is to push the US and and any allies as far away from Taiwan as possible and that's one very good use case for hypersonic weapons that you know in that scenario the US would be highly reliant on something like an aircraft carrier right the, the US is having to deploy its forces you know at a distance right not from its home base like China is and if a hypersonic weapon because it couldn't be defended against could disable an aircraft carrier, that would have a very big impact in that, you know, very specific scenario.
0: You've said China has the most sophisticated hypersonic uh, missiles. Is it imperative then that America catches up? And what about nations like Australia? Do we we need to catch up with China on this?
1: Yeah, it's a great... Great question. I mean, I think that the immediate, again, I would almost say psychological response is yes, you know, that we've got to show that we're as strong as as anybody and uh, our technology is as advanced as anybody. You know, I I think if you step back from that, the question to ask is, okay, just because a particular weapon is useful for one nation doesn't automatically mean it's, it's useful for other nations, right? You know, in the end, hypersonic weapons are just one weapon. In a in a wide array of all different kinds of things that that China and Russia and the U S and the allies and Australia have it you know a future warfare is going to be won I think by the side that can manage the chaos most effectively.
0: So in your view, how worried should we be about this new generation of hypersonic missiles? Vladimir Putin seems to have suggested that he could attach a nuclear warhead, for instance, to one of these missiles. Should we be pretty concerned right now?
1: Well, I think that's right. I, I, I think it's been reported that that some of these um, hypersonic weapons could be either what we call conventional, non-nuclear, or, or nuclear in terms of the of the weapon that they carry, and, and, and that's definitely a concern in terms of if you're sitting in the US and, and, and this hypersonic weapon gets fired from Russia um, and you've been told it could be either nuclear or non-nuclear, then what's your, what's your reaction, right? It, you know, because if it's nuclear and you wait to see if it was nuclear, mm. then you're sacrificing probably a very large number of people's lives. Mm. So there's that kind of uh, unsettling, un, uh, you know, destabilizing element, I think, of where we are today. I personally think China is a more stable, and e- even though they're perhaps further ahead in the technology, I, I think that I'm less concerned about China actually using nuclear uh, hypersonic weapons against uh, the, the US or the West or Australia, for example. You know, Russia obviously a lot more unstable. So I think that's the area to be worried about. I, I guess I just hope that we don't get into a situation where Russia feels or our President Putin feels pushed into a corner or, you know, they've got nothing to lose and does something crazy.
0: Ian Boyd is a professor of aerospace engineering at the University of Colorado. Earlier this year, Australia, the United States and the United Kingdom vowed to expand cooperation on hypersonic weapon development. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield. Additional production by Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast.